Acts chapter number 19, as we continue our study tonight, we've been talking about uh, the clarification that John made for these 12 who had only known the baptism of John, and uh, he asked them uh, as to whether they, they uh, knew anything about the Holy Ghost, if they had received the Holy Ghost since they believed. They said, we haven't even heard of a Holy Ghost. And then... Uh, of course, that gave John a wonderful, or excuse me, gave Paul a wonderful opportunity to minister to them. Uh, and they get saved, and we pick up our story in verse number 7. And all the men were about 12. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil, of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily. He's going to continue disputing, but now he's going to dispute daily in this school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And with this, we find that Ephesus became a very unusual stop for Paul. He spent more time here than he generally did at a place. He spent three months, as we're told. I don't know that we have heard that before in the book of Acts. He spent three months in the synagogue disputing and persuading. But at some point in time, they didn't want any more of it. Uh, some, some that were hardened against it, that that they uh, drove them out, forced them out, and then they went and he taught for two years in the school of one Tyrannus. And uh, as a result, God, God had a mighty effect upon Ephesus and Asia. We'll talk just a little bit more about this tonight. Father, help us as we look to your word once again that you would give us wisdom and discernment and that we wouldn't read this tonight and study this just for what they did, but what we should do. That, Lord, you would challenge us and encourage us with what we should do. That we would not look at your book tonight and think that it's archaic and old and dusty and we're just studying some old story. But, Lord, uh, that you would freshen it tonight in our heart and you would uh, concern us with and challenge us with the mission of the gospel and how it needs to get to the entire world. Lead, guide, and direct in our study tonight, and uh, give us something. Give each and every person something that's tailor-fit for them, that they'll be able to go away with a challenge from the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, you, would, you would help us tonight, provoke thoughts, give us thinking, stir our hearts for what this needs to be, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, just a quick thought here before we go too far into this lesson and get away from this is uh, we spoke about last week, uh, the preceding weeks about the Old Testament and New Testament saints and the distinction between and the clarification about and all of that and then the laying on of hands and the manifestation of tongues and all of that. Please remember that the bulk of doctrine for the New Testament church doesn't come from the book of Acts. It comes through the writings and teachings of the Apostle Paul. 
uh, as he, he writes his epistles to the church. And there's a direction that, that comes from him uh, to the churches through those books, Strong Doctrine. And we are mindful that this is a transitional book. It's a transitional time from Old Testament saints to New Testament saints. And uh, people must be very careful that they don't try to draw their, uh, draw their salvation doctrine from certain things they see, such as the laying on of the hands and then the tongues being given, as we spoke about in preceding weeks. He emphasizes the indwelling of the Holy Spirit for salvation. And he emphasizes, of course, the kingdom work. Jesus preached the kingdom. And, uh, of course, Paul emphasized the same. And then the acts of the Holy Ghost that are found all through the book of Acts help to give us a, a good understanding, a good idea, and knowledge of the fact that they were not going to do the work of God without the Holy Spirit of God. And that they needed a filling of the Spirit, if you will, that indwelling Spirit of God, not only for salvation, but a filling or an intoxication of the Spirit so that they would magnify and honor the Lord Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit enabled them to do the work of the gospel. And by the way, he still does. He still does. And that is important for you and I to know that the Holy Spirit of God is the one that helps us, communicates to us, directs us, shows us where to go, what to do, but also to empower us to do the work of God. Now, these 12 men were converted and then baptized here at Ephesus. And Paul uh, certainly had a great ministry at Corinth, but he had an even greater ministry as he came to Ephesus. Notice with me, please, again, verse number eight. He went into the synagogue. Now, that was his habit, wasn't it? Whenever Paul came to town, uh, he made a beeline for the synagogue. That's where he went to teach. He went to find people there that already had some foundation of the Old Testament scriptures. They had some knowledge of God, and it was a good place for him to start. People that were interested in religious things. He didn't just, he, he didn't run to the pagans first, but he ran to the synagogue and made his start there. And uh, certainly we know he had a heart for the Jewish man and, and woman. He had, a, he had a heart for the Jewish people and uh, he would make his start there. And so as we continue our study, we notice the teaching and the preaching of Paul in the, the synagogue. And the Bible says that he spent three months there disputing and persuading. And we've talked about it a little bit before, but that word disputing means to say throughly, to say throughly, to discuss or to reason, to reason, to preach, to preach. That's what that word disputing means. You're, you're making a case for something. You're making a case for something. You're presenting a case much in the same way, Brother Anthony, that a lawyer would do. The idea of making a strong case for something. There's evidence that's there and taking somebody through that evidence and he would take them, no doubt, through the Old Testament scriptures and point them to Christ. And he would talk about how Moses spoke of Christ and David spoke of Christ and Isaiah spoke of Christ. And, and he could dispute with them and bring all that and say, hey, listen, it's been fulfilled. The Messiah has come. The Messiah has come. And he could make that case Make the case to them, disputing with them, disputing with them. 
And then there's this per, uh, the issue of persuading. He persuaded them. He convinced them with a very strong argument, with a strong argument uh, to conciliate, to conciliate, to pacify even, it speaks about, to persuade, to pacify. So he gives them the truth and he calms people with the truth. He's comforting them with the truth, to rely, to agree, to assure, uh, to have confidence in. Uh, it even uh, stresses to make a friend by persuading, making a friend, uh, to yield, uh, to, to find trust in. And so Paul must have been extremely, extremely good at first making the argument and then persuading people until there was no argument left to be made. And all they could do was come to an agreement. Now, that is us. Now, once again, I don't, I don't, uh, I think a lot of times people have this and they, it turns into a heated argument. I don't think that's what we're talking about here when he speaks about him. For three months, he's laying a case and people would come back the next, uh, next go around at the synagogue and he would talk some more about it and then he'd come back again and maybe had more questions. Well, what about this and what about that? Uh, I, we don't have him here tonight, but if we did, I'd have Matt Stallman talk to you about when they went to Papua New Guinea and that's what they did with a lot of the Seventh-day Adventists that were there and making a case for Christ and making a case for the gospel. And uh, this, is, this is what Paul did. So these are religious people who are attenders of the synagogue. They're concerned about spiritual things. And it's going to be the same with us. We're going to run into many people that have a religious background. They have some sort of an idea about, about uh, uh, God and about Jesus. You'll run into a lot, a lot of the world is Catholic. You'll run into a lot of the world that's Catholic. They have a religious understanding of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They want to add some other things to it, and they want to take some things away from the Scriptures, and they want to emphasize Mary and all of these many different things. And you'll, you'll find that uh, true with a lot of different religions as they stress one thing over another. Uh, they, they will emphasize one thing, and they'll de-emphasize something else. And so you'll find a lot of the world is religious. They're religious, but they're not saved. And so the important thing for us is as we meet people with these different backgrounds that you and I know our Bible, that we know Scripture. And uh, don't let that scare you even as I make that statement because there's people who say, well, I don't know enough of the Bible that I can talk to somebody about, about the Lord. I was just speaking with, uh, I think it was Brother Mears, about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost fills in gaps when you and I don't know. Uh, no, it was Chris McGee. I was talking with Chris McGee this week. The Holy Ghost fills in the gaps that you don't know. He makes the statement where he says, look, when you stand before the magistrate, he'll, don't worry about what to say. He'll give you words to say in that moment. Well, if that's true as you're before the magistrate, it's true as you're before anybody. Before anybody that, that as you're speaking, the Lord can give you things to say. Uh, Celeste has had jury duty. Yay, this last week. And woohoo, jury duty. And while she was there, she meets a young man on the jury, uh, mid-20s or whatever. And uh, this young man and she began to talk about the Bible and Scripture, and he's an atheist. He doesn't believe, he doesn't believe that God is God. 
And uh, they, he had a lot of questions. And, uh, and she, she spoke with clarity and she gave some understanding. And God gave her things in the moment to say, things that she didn't even know she had. And uh, she, had a, she had some very good points that she made to him as she repeated it and brought it back to me. Is it, it was just wonderful how that the Holy Spirit of God enabled her to say what she needed to say. Guess what? He'll do that for any of us. If we'll put ourselves out there and we'll be willing to engage somebody in a, a conversation, the Holy Spirit of God can give you the things that you need uh, to say. So our reliance upon uh, the, the uh, Holy Spirit. And then notice, if you will, as usually was the case, uh, he found opposition. Look at verse number nine. But when divers were hardened, they're hardened and believe not. And that's usually what's going to happen. Now, folks, listen carefully. That's what's going to happen is you will either find somebody soft and tender and receptive and welcome and open to the scriptures. Or what will happen is, is as a person resists God and they turn off their heart and their ears, they'll harden. They'll harden against what you say. And uh, they, may even, they may even become mean-spirited about it. And believe not, but notice, spake evil. Hurtful, harmful things before the multitude. N uh, usually somebody who's against God, they want everybody else to be against God too. If, if, if they don't believe, they don't want anybody else to get to believe either. And that's why you see this group of atheists that are not satisfied that somebody else could allow for a cross to be standing. They want to come and they want to speak against that cross. They're not satisfied. They're not open to everybody else making up their own mind and having their own opinion about it. They don't want that. That's why when you go to countries that are dark countries, countries where, uh, where the gospel is restricted, where there's restrictions to uh, witnessing and, and uh, the resistance of the gospel, they don't want you talking about it. They don't want you converting. It's against the law to convert somebody else. Well, well why should that be? This is a matter of conscience. This is, this, is a mat, this is a matter for an individual. This is a matter of soul liberty that every man has to answer with his heart according to God. And yet you will find people that don't like that. They, they don't want you to have the opportunity. They don't want that person to have the opportunity. They don't want these people to have the opportunity to listen and to hear the gospel. They're, they're against it. They're against it. And so for uh, Paul, he found that there were always people that resisted. They, they, they opposed him. Notice, uh, once again, verse number nine, when divers, different people were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude. Notice, he departed from them. He, 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 he finally got to the point where it was not effective and, he, and he's, he leaves there and he separated the disciples. He didn't leave them there, but his converts, his disciples, he brought them with him and said, okay, we're, we're, we're not going to go here anymore with these people. Then he went to dispute daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And I don't know how he got connected with Tyrannus. The Bible doesn't necessarily uh, tell us that, but when Paul... Uh, was forced from the synagogue. You know, you can't plant crops in a storm. You have to wait till the storm dies and then you can plant. And so he sought for a more suitable environment to teach 
fought for, sought for a place to teach. It's the same thing with regards to a person. You can't, you're not going to get anywhere arguing and debating with a person and it's just, just anger and animosity. No seed is being planted in that storm. You're going to have to find somebody who will open their ears and be willing to listen, as Celeste did this week. And the guy said, you gave me some things to think about. That may be all we get. But we're going to have to trust that the Holy Spirit of God takes that seed and he does something with it. What happens? The Bible says in John 4, we come into other men's labors. So what can happen for us is that you and I will meet somebody, somebody else has already talked to, and they get saved so easily, and we go, man, I'm a great soul winner. No, no, you probably just came into somebody else's labors. Come on now, amen. And so here we, we see that uh, with the apostle, uh, the apostle Paul. Hold your place and go with me to 1 Corinthians in chapter number 16. 1 Corinthians in chapter number 16. So he's, he's there for three months, and then he must have had some progress. God must have used it because he came away from there with some disciples. Those are, that's fruit. So you take the 12 that Paul met when he first came to town and whatever fruit that he got from there, and I don't know how many it was, uh, 12, 15, uh, 25, 35 people. I don't know how many he had that he took with him, but he took some fruit to the school of Tyrannus, and we find that there was a, a place for God to work. There was a place for God to work. God made a place available then to him. Isn't it good that God's looking out for you? Even though there's a, there's a disagreement there at the synagogue, God says, that's all right. We got this storefront over here. We got the school of Tyrannus over here. We'll go meet over there. And you keep teaching them. Now, now don't, don't make small of that because I want to show you something here. Don't make small of that. That's not a little thing. God says, come on over here where you can teach them a little bit. And he's going to call, he's going to call them away to this other place, uh, away from the opposition, away from the the. Uh, antagonism, away from the mean-spiritedness, away from the evil. And he's going to go over to the school of Tyrannus, and the Bible says he's going to be there for two years. Now, I want to say with Paul, that's a long time. Because I can see Paul meeting what? Daily with people. Daily for two years. That's a lot of time. We go to church a couple times a week, right? We go on Sunday. We go on Thursday. They were meeting together. Uh, it, Paul knew his time was short. And so in that, uh, that uh, if we could say it this way, in that short period of time, how many years of college did they get with that, right? Come on now. They got some good time in. Look at 1 Corinthians in chapter number 16, and notice with me, please, verse number 7. For I will not see you now by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permit. That's always a good thing to say. But I will tarry at where? Ephesus until Pentecost. I'm going to tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many, what? Adversaries. Adversaries. Go back with me, please, if you would, now to chapter number 19. That's where we find ourselves. We're finding ourselves here with an open door to teach in spite of the adversaries. Can I say it that way? In spite of the adversaries, in spite of the opposition that he faced, he finds a great door. So what does he say? I'm going to tarry. And for Paul, tarrying was two years. <laughs> 
Yeah, that was his definition of tarrying. Amen. Notice verse 10. This continued by the space of two years so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. They heard the word and all of Asia heard it. That's powerful. It's going so well that Paul told the Corinthians to say, listen, I don't want to tarry here. I'm going to remain here at Ephesus until it was time to go to Jerusalem for Pentecost. I'm going to stay right here. Paul had a, uh, first of all, Paul had a wonderful way of just listening to the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, we find that in Acts chapter number 16, as we talked about it before. But uh, Paul was always looking maybe for an open door. You know, you say Paul didn't stay. He didn't stay anywhere. Well, he stayed here for two years. Why? Because there's an open door there. And as long as that open door was there, he's going to work that territory. He's going to work that field. He could tell that God had given him an open space. And what's the result of that? All in Asia heard the gospel. That's powerful. It's even hard to get your mind wrapped around that. Now, what's important about that is, is that it does not say that everybody got saved. What it says is that all of them heard the, the word of God. In Asia. That's powerful. It's powerful that he had, in spite of the opposition that's there, all that are in Asia heard the word. Praise the Lord for that. I want you to notice this is the result of one school. Just one school. It's the impact of just one school. The impact of one school for two years of, of people learning something and then maybe being sent out. And then some others coming in and learning and maybe then being sent out. Maybe some learning some things and then coming back and learning some more things and then going back out and coming back in again. I, I don't know what all of the makeup of that was. And the Bible doesn't give us a chronological day-by-day uh, -day account of what everybody did and what everybody's schedules were. But the Bible says that as a result of that school being there for two years, all of Asia heard the word. That's powerful. That the students from that school would impact and influence all of Asia with the word of, uh, word of the Lord. What a powerful testimony as Paul taught there in that school, disputing daily. And the results of it were that all of Asia heard it. Didn't say they all got saved, but they all heard the word of the Lord. Now, that may be hard for us to get our mind around, but that's what the Bible says. And you and I either have to take the word all to mean all, or we don't. Come on. You know, the first thing in your mind is when you see that word all, you think to yourself, now wait a minute. We start thinking in terms that we can understand and process and get it, right? But the word says all. All of Asia heard it. And we're, we're talking about without cell phones and without, without internet and without Facebook. Come on now. Without Instagram, without YouTube. How in the world did anybody ever get the gospel before YouTube? Before you could do a Google search. They didn't even have cell phones. They didn't even have a complete word of God. As we think of a complete word of God. They had a complete word of God for their time. But they didn't have the New Testament. The two, New Testament was in the works. But all of Asia heard... Our goal is to get the gospel to the whole world. 
We, we can't make everybody get saved. It's up to each and every person what they're going to do with the gospel. It's the same thing about church. You can't make everybody come to church. At the very most, what we can do is we can open the doors and turn the lights on. That we can be available here and ready to sing. We can be available to, to give the, the word of God out. But everybody has to make up their mind what they're going to do with what God has given. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on the side. I want to be on the side, if you will, that recognizes what God's doing and I get in on it. That's what I want to do. We're commanded to go and tell the world. But we should be encouraged and challenged tonight as we see the uh, contagious heart as we see the faith, as we see the boldness, as we see the perseverance and the dedication, as we see them denying themselves and the, the devotion that's here for the, for, the, for the Lord to be able to work, uh, to, uh, to work through us for the gospel's sake, that we take the gospel to the entire world. You and I should be encouraged by seeing that tonight to see the, the possibilities of that, that we say to ourselves, it can get done, it can happen. I want to, if I can, I won't be able to go too far into this, but I want to show you the special effects that as Paul is working there, I want you to see if you could tonight with me the special effects. Look at verse number 11. And God wrought special miracles by, uh, by the hands of Paul. So in addition to what he's doing in, in teaching, he's also doing miracles. And, and no doubt this, even though he didn't have Facebook, he had miracles. And even though he didn't have Google, he had miracles. And even though he didn't have a cell phone, and he didn't have a car, and he didn't have a plane, and he didn't have a train, he had miracles. And miracles can do a lot more than any of those things. Say amen. Come on, now that's good. Here's where we are. Notice, if you will, he wrought special miracles. He wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. Now that word, uh, that's, that's get, the words that are given to us here, as we think about uh, the, the word special here, it means effect or affecting. Uh, effect or affecting. Uh, what it made me think about was uh, special effects. Effect, a change which is a result of consequence or of an action or of another cause. Uh, the, the extent to which something succeeds or is operative. This effect, a special effect, a physical phenomenon, if you will, the definition gives. And it brought to my mind that idea of a special effects that emphasizes the work that's being done. And that's what we see taking place here as miracles are being done in people's lives. The word miracle here means dunamis. Dunamis means power means ability, miraculous power, by the way, ability, abundance, mighty or mightily, power or strength, wonder, wonderful works. So they've got these spe uh, special miracles that God gives Paul the ability to do that work. And it seems like it's kind of hitting on all cylinders. And God's power was being manifest. And such undeniable power is drawing people to, to hear the, the things of God. And I want you to notice, if you will, what took place there. Look at verse number 12. So that from his body were brought unto the sick 
handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. And so we've, we see that people would touch Paul, touch his body, maybe with a, a piece of cloth and there's power that God gave off of that. That's what I take here is the special effects. It was different. It's going to transfer as people are touching him with a, a hanky or something of that nature and he's able to then take that. They're able to take that hanky and go over there and touch somebody else with it and God was making it so that people would get saved from that. That's a special effect that you don't normally see. Special miracles and special effects. Now, let me also caution us for just a moment and say that the prayer cloths that you get at TBN are not going to have that same power, okay, just so you know. But I'm sure that's where the idea came from. Come on now. Once again, people's false doctrine that they get from the scriptures here in the book of Acts. But others wanted to get in on it, and we won't take time for all of this tonight because we'll get into that a little bit more uh, next time. But as others are watching that, they wanted to get in on that, and they wanted to have part in it. What I want you to see is that God's not limited. You know, we have it in our minds that, that, that you know, we're, we're kind of undermanned, understaffed, don't have enough of this, don't have enough of that. Let me just say to you tonight, God's not limited. We, we, must, we must not think in those terms. Everything that we've studied through this is we look at the, the way that they handled uh, with the laying on of the hands and the Holy Spirit of God and the preaching that Paul's doing and even the opposition that came against him. He's got all this opposition that comes against him and God says, just, just come on over here. This guy's doors are open. And they go in there and start teaching. And what's the effect of that? All Asia hears the word of God. That's powerful. And then in addition to that, not only is Paul going to be able or have to do the touching of everybody and maybe everybody getting healed and, and, and the, the miracles being done, but God makes it so that somebody else could come and touch Paul and then they could take their little hanky home with them and somebody could get healed. Now that's, that's maximizing the power. Come on now. And, and it's just another way for you and I. You hope that nobody snotted on it or anything. But I think it's good for you and I to see tonight that God's not limited. And, and it's people who see that and people who understand that that do the greater works. You could go through the Bible tonight and you could look at the three Hebrews and guess what? They're outnumbered. Everybody else in town is bowing down. But the three Hebrews says, we're, we're not going to do that. And where did God show up? He showed up in their fire. Uh, Daniel was threatened with, about praying. Don't pray. If you pray, you're going to be thrown in the lion's den. There's a decree written about it. What did Daniel say? I might be the only guy in town that's praying, but I'm going to pray. And what happened? God shut the mouths of the lions. David says, I'll go out there and fight him. Nobody else is willing to go out and fight. But David says, I'll go out there and fight. And what is it? It's the one that God blesses and the Spirit of God is upon him and he kills the giant and turned the whole army around for victory. What did Jonathan say? Everybody else can sit over there under that pomegranate tree, but I and my armor bearer, we're going to go in and we understand this. The Lord can save by many or by a few. And our attitude might be, look, we've already done it and we've already been there. But the Lord says, listen, go back out again. And Peter says, all right, we'll go back out. We've been out there before, but we'll go out again. And what happens? There's su such an abundance they can't even take it all in. 
And time and time again, and you, you know stories that I didn't even mention. That time and time again where God is saying, look, I, I, I can do it with just a, a small group of people, just a little bit. I'm going to take one man, I'm going to take the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to make it so that the miracles will leave from him, and there's going to be special effects on these miracles so that the greater works are done. Can I say to you tonight, keep believing God no matter what. No matter what you see, no matter what you hear, no matter how limited or restricted or whatever it is, don't get to looking around at all of those things. There's plenty of things as you look in the world, Brother Steve, and you can look and say, man, it's against us, and I don't know if it's ever going to happen, and, 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 and look, how, look how the world seems to be winning. No, 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 no. Keep our eyes on Christ. Keep our eyes on God. Keep believing, no matter what you see. And let God do the special effects. Hollywood's got nothing on God. <laughs> the special effects, Brother Anthony, are all with God. So that their aprons, hey, you got any cloth? Run, touch him, touch him, run. Come on, let's take this back to the house. And they took it back, and guess what? Somebody got healed. Now, word like that is going to spread like wildfire, and all of Asia is going to hear the word of the Lord. How did this happen? How did this miracle take place? The Lord did it. They're preaching about that Jesus guy that died on the cross. Stand with me tonight, if you would. Your heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, help us tonight as we just take just a few minutes maybe to reflect on maybe something you put in our heart for tonight. We don't have to have a lot of fanfare of music and singing and all of that, but just help us take a few minutes tonight. Help us to see your special effects. Even as there's going to be opposition against what we do. We may be few in numbers when all is said and done, just as Paul was. He took that little group of people, pulled away from the synagogue, went over and began to teach them. And Lord, you decided to bless it. So in the two years he was there teaching the word of God, that the word of the Lord went out from that school. And all of Asia heard. I pray that the special effects of ministry tonight would have an effect on us. Have such a strong effect that we would realize that even amongst a few, who believe in a mighty God, great things can happen. We've got the stories all through the Bible. They're not fairy tales. They're not fantasy stories. They're true. Every one of them are true. Help us to believe. Help us to believe. For the sake of the gospel, so that souls will be saved and that lives will be changed, help us to believe in spite of what we see, in spite of the naysayers, in spite of those that will talk against whatever it is that you do, help us to see you doing the greater works through your people. Lead, guide, and direct, I pray in Jesus' name.